Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Do you know what? Every single one of us, we're on this uh, adventure, and the adventure starts here. And every single one of us have got a testimony. I am sure, and I'm, and I know that, that that God is speaking to you about even even right now. God, what have you got for me? God, where are you taking me? God, why am I here? And it's all about God, yeah. Because there's so many times in our lives that we could we could just step out of this way and we could go along that route and we could do the thing that that we would want to do and it's actually quite a challenge to say god i just uh, submit to what you want because you know i want to do an adventure and i want to do an adventure with god i also want to do an adventure with you honey <laughs> but i want to do an adventure with god because if i'm doing an adventure with god then do you know what we're going to have some fun along the way yeah. if i do an adventure with myself then do you know what? There's not really too many people going to be affected, yeah? yeah? And, do you know, I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited for, for the message that we've got. The title of my message is The Palace of His Grace, okay? And when I think about God's grace, oh, my word. You know, from, from a young age, I, was, um, I got saved. I think it was from about 13, 14 years old. And I used to feel bad when, when I did something wrong. Has anyone ever been like that? When I did something wrong, I was like... Oh, God, I need your grace. And I'm like, God, I don't want to apply that grace that you've given to me. And, you know, God, God, gives, um, God gives us his grace freely. And, uh, but it's that way, God, I don't want to use it. I don't want to abuse it. And, do you know, it's just like you're coming back to Father God again and him saying to you, look, it's fine. It's okay. I've covered it. I've dealt with it. And tonight is all about grace. Tonight is all about actually what God did in a young man's life. From the age of 17, he had God's attention, but actually he didn't realize it. From the age of 17, he was asked to go and check out his brothers. He was asked to provide feedback to his dad, who was in the the land where they were staying. And he was a young man who, I guess he just wanted to please his dad. He was a favorite. He was a favorite because... He was one of the youngest. He was a favourite because his uh, his dad had an eye for one of his um, one of his own. And the, the the guy that I'm going to speak about tonight, I'm sure you've maybe guessed, his name is Joseph. Okay, his name is Joseph, and he is a a young man. When I read his story, it makes me kind of sit up and I go, I want to hear about why God used this young man. But you know, when I think about the adventure, okay, we've done so many sessions now so many sessions of the adventure from um, the vision from getting ready things that we need to pack avoiding those pitfalls knowing that you've got a fuel station keeping the destination in mind and this morning enduring to the end what a great message this morning so tonight it's all about God's grace for your life and you know when I think about grace grace is it means unmerited favor or undeserved favor and do you know for for Ruth and I we have been through quite a lot uh, in our married life you know we've been married now what's that 50 50 years 450 years 
You're looking good. <laughs> 15 years, almost to the day, since we said I do. And you know, all along that way, it has been an adventure. All along the way, we take God with us. We have God in the inside of us. And all along the way, we give out God because God lives in the inside of us. And we want to share that with everyone. And you know, for the things that, that, that have come up against us, I totally consider them an adventure. I totally consider them where, where actually someone would mean it for evil, it turns around for good. So I'm going to tell you about two very quick stories. The first one, three months after we got married, we had a fire in our brand new flat. A brand new flat. It was a show flat. It was a nice flat. Now, the furniture inside was a bit rubbish, actually. But anyway, it was a nice flat, okay? And after three months, uh, we had the in-laws down. And if you know your in-laws, actually, that's one good way to get rid of them. <laughs> but actually, my, my mother-in-law, she was down. She put a piece of bread in the toaster, and it was a gift, the toaster. The toaster was a gift. Uh, so it was a relatively new toaster. And she jumped for a shower, and when she came out, there was smoke everywhere, there was flames everywhere. And obviously, the toaster didn't, didn't pop, okay? But to cut a long story short, for about three three to four months we were out of our own home out of our flat and during that time we were actually staying in some serviced accommodation and this place it was lovely okay it was quite close it was over on uh, Great North Great Western Road and it's that way when the insurance company says to you just go and find some accommodation you're like oh yeah we'll just go and find some accommodation <laughs> honestly it's so difficult out there so when the, um, the, the, the agents said how much it was they were like yeah that's 500 pounds I was like oh that's easy, the insurance company will easily pay for that. Little did we realise it was £500 a week for accommodation. And Ruth and I are going, oops, I think we made a mistake there. But anyway, to cut a long story short, through that fire period, through the restoration period of our, of our home, because it was our marital home, it was our first home, you know, I even carried Ruth over the threshold, as you guys did with, with your wives. Do you know, we were blessed. Why? We were blessed because God was restoring the things that, that actually the fire had, had um, a damage in our lives. And actually some very precious things were, were damaged as well. A lot of um, wedding presents and, and things like that. Um, mostly Ruth's, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Lots of lovely jewellery and watches and all of this stuff gone. Fast forward, <laughs> fast forward 14 and a half years to the month of October... We're up in the Isle of Skye and we are having a not very nice time in the Isle of Skye. And Ruth and I were looking at each other going, there's just something not right. There's just something that's not right. Couldn't put our finger on it. I was like, Ruth, you, do you know what it is? And I was like, no, I don't know what it is. So we then drove home and stopped off for some food, as you do. And, and then as we came into Aberdeen, came to the, to the house where we're staying, I said to Ruth, Ruth, eh, I can hear water running. And the water that was running, when I opened the door of the house, I was like, oh my word, what is going on here? So what happened is one of the, the tanks on our first floor had um, developed a, a little hole in it, almost like a pinhole, and with three and a half bar of pressure, that force basically was not able to stop because there was no one in the house to turn off the, the, the stopcock. Now I want to say... See, at the time of need, at the time of need, where do you go? You go to your neighbour. Hey, neighbour, have you got some stuff you can help us to, to, to turn this off? And actually, by the time we got access to the, the access hatch, which was for some reason jammed, I guess it was swollen, 
We then removed the access hatch, turned off the stopcock, and it must have been about five minutes before that water stopped flowing. Five minutes, okay? So obviously, now looking back, Ruth and I can go, so we know why we were feeling a little bit funny then, we were up in the Isle of Skye. <laughs> because there was something happening that was affecting our home, and we didn't know anything about it, but actually God was there. And do you know the thing that I love about when things like this happen? I wasn't there. So I can prove it wasn't me. So many people have come up to us and gone, wink, wink, we know what you did. That's not true at all. But I want to say all of that to say that God is good. God has restored fully. And he's restored even more than what we should have been entitled to. Do you know, when you have a policy with an insurance company, they're obliged, if it's an old for new policy, to replenish old for new. We had a lot of old stuff. (laughs) Now we have a lot of new stuff. And, you know, through that entire time, okay, we went through a rental home and we stayed in different places. We stayed with sisters and um, we stayed stayed in hotels. It sounds fancy. It sounds lush. I can tell you it's not the best. Um, Because it's not home. But all the while, God is at work. God is doing the thing that, that he wants to do. And for our lives... God has brought about a second absolute and complete restoration. What is God going to do for you? Because it tells me in the Bible that actually God doesn't have any favourites. It tells me in the Bible that I'm not a favoured one. And if I am not a favoured one, or if God doesn't have favourites, then the same applies to you. That's going to apply to you. That's going to apply to me. Amen. Okay, so we're going to speak about Joseph tonight. And if we can open our Bibles to... Genesis 37, and I'm actually going to read out of my Bible. Um, Apologies, I don't have it, because the one thing I don't have at home is Wi-Fi. So I couldn't do my cutting and pasting and all of that, okay? But from the book of Genesis, um, chapter 37, we can read about Joseph, if I can find where it is. And it starts in verse 5. 37 and verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Do you know, there's lots of things that we can take from that. And do you know, when I think about the the word dream, when I think about what God did, um, God can speak to us through a multitude of ways. You know, God can speak to us from this kind of environment. God can speak to us in dreams and visions. God can speak, actually God can speak through donkeys. 
You believe it, God can speak to donkeys, but it's whether we are willing and able to hear what God is saying for our lives because, do you know, there's so many distractions that we can have in our lives. You know, the children can be shouting, the children can be crying, there can be health issues, there can be finances, there can be fires, there can be floods, there can be lots of different things that, that would try and take our attention off of God. But I want to tell you, there's a grace that you walk into when these things happen, and that grace that you walk into is because you've got the living God living inside of you. We are a privileged people. We are a blessed people. And the very fact that we have grace, you know, no other religion in the world has the grace. No other religion in the world has the grace of God. And that's the one thing that sets us apart from every other denomination, every other religion, every other... um, every other God that some person may have and no disrespect to them but there's the grace that goes with us through our lives so for two for two um, dreams to happen you know I reckon God actually he wanted somebody to understand that, that these things were so important and you know when I read the story the story tells me that Joseph he started off as a 17 year old okay now I used to be 17 once And when I was 17, you know, I didn't have a care in the world. I didn't really worry about anything, didn't think about anything. Actually, I was going to university. Um, But, you know, you didn't have, they didn't have the same thoughts or the same cares that that you might have just now. But, you know, when you have a dream, when you have a vision, and you have absolute clarity on what God is speaking to you about, you know, heaven, hell, high water, floods, whatever, none of these things will shift you because you know what you have been called to do. You know, it's like Kevin and Cheryl, when they came to Aberdeen, they both independently got a word from God, go to Aberdeen. How amazing is God? How amazing that he didn't just give it to Kevin and he didn't give it to Cheryl because he knows that those guys had to hear it for themselves, that they would then come into agreement and say, God, we're going to go. Amen? So there's always power when God repeats himself. It speaks also about um, uh, Joseph being the favourite and his dad gave him this big fancy coat. And, uh, you know, it was a multicoloured coat. And when I read the Bible, it tells me that from afar, the brothers could see him coming. You know, imagine, he's like a, he's like a neon light <laughs> flashing in the distance, you know. And, you know, it speaks in the Bible that, that, that the brothers actually hated him because of that because he was favored you know they probably disliked him but then the fact that the the father sent the son to then go and see what the what the the elders were doing that 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 kind of that 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 kind of moved from one area to a hatred and do you know when i think about the story that story really challenges me because it shows to me that actually because of the way we think because of the way we, we we operate because of even our emotions our emotions can sometimes take over us. You know, we can start to do things and arrange things that, that we would maybe not normally and naturally do. You know, you imagine the guys over here and they're looking at the brother coming and they're deciding in their hearts what we're going to do to kill him. That's their brother. That's their flesh and blood. It's like, hey, Joseph, how are you? Right, we're going to get him, boys, after three. <laughs> do you know? That, that just doesn't sit right with me because the normal person doesn't get up in the morning and go, how am I going to kill my brother? How am I going to kill my sister? And because of that, because of that, it, it's, it's actually an ungodly thing. It's actually something that just doesn't sit right and is not right. 
So eventually those brothers, his loving brothers, they cast him in a pit. And, you know, it says in the Bible in verse 24, they took him and cast him in a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. You know, that doesn't speak well of lasting long, does it? You know, if I remember uh, when Joshua was speaking to me a couple of days ago, he was saying, Dad, you know, you can live so long without food, but you can only live about three days without water. And I was like, really, son, that's amazing. But it says here, there were, in this hole, there was no water. So the expectation for Joseph to live was not for long. But then actually, this is where God kicks in. This is where God says, right, let's stir it up a little bit. And in the end, these brothers haul him out and they sell him to some passing traders. I think it's some Midianite traders. And they then head off and um, take, take Joseph. But I'm just wondering from Joseph's point of view, because actually he's in a position where he knows that he is not really loved because his brothers wanted to kill him. He ends up in a pit initially. He's then hauled out of the pit. He must have been thinking, man, when am I going to get my food? Where am I going to be sleeping tonight? And it would be of anxiety. He'd have been anxious. He wouldn't have been one who would be thinking, hey, this is cool, this is really... He just wasn't... You know, he ended up being, he ended up being um, sold to, to one of Pharaoh's um, lead men. And he was sold for 20 shekels. Now, I didn't, um, I didn't work out just exactly how much this is in monetary terms, but for me, that doesn't sound like a lot of money. He was sold for 20 shekels by his brother because they hated him and they wanted to discard him. And what they did to cover it up was to take that cloak, dip it in some goat's blood, and then return it to the father and say, hey, Dad, whose coat could this be? (laughs) How stupid is that, eh? How silly is that? It's like, and then, of course, the dad says, yes, that looks like my son's because I bought that. I, I paid a price for that. Do you know, there's some questions that go off in our heart when we're thinking the wrong way. Hey, Dad, whose coat is this? Whose who's do you think? They knew fine whose coat it was, obviously. So there's a way that God has for every single one of us. You know, whether it's the high or whether it's the low, there's always a way out for us. And like I say, this is where God comes into place. God has a plan for Joseph's life. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. And see when God's plan takes over. Nothing else can shift. Nothing else can get in the way because actually God is setting Joseph up for greatness. You know, that really challenges my, my, um, my own thinking. You know, what is God doing to me to set me up? Is he setting me up? What is he doing to you to set you up? Because this isn't all about here and now. This is about the end game. This is about the end goal. Do you know, did you ever used to play computer games? You know, did you ever used to play computer games when you were a young kid? You know, whether it was an Atari or a Commodore or, or a Nintendo, that was a long time ago. But you always wanted to get to the end. And I'm a little bit like that. God, what is the end game for our lives? What is the end game for, for what you have? Because God, we want to be doing the things that you have called us to do. So this is Joseph's life that we're speaking about tonight. And Joseph, he is a man who caught some people's attention. And when I think about it, Joseph's gift, his gift was dreams his gift was visions. And he ends up in the prison with two people. He ends up in the prison with Pharaoh's butler and he ends up in the prison with Pharaoh's uh, baker. Baker and butler, that's right. And do you know, the things that God has given to you for your life, he will be able to show to you how you can be a blessing to someone. Because with, with Joseph, he was able to, to take the, 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 the dream 
think about it and go, ah, okay, butler, in three days you're going to be fine. Ah, baker, in three days you're toast. And those words, those words came to pass. They did. Those words came to pass. So for me, I look at it and I go, God, you have got a way of speaking to people and clarifying it. And remember, this is Joseph on his journey. He's on his journey from the pit where he's been taken to, to eventually some other location. And that location is the palace. You know, he is working for Pharaoh. And in the end, Pharaoh, Pharaoh actually gives him the number two position. He says, you can do anything you like and you can say whatever you want, you can implement whatever you want, but I want you to, I want you to, to, to take care of, of my lands. And this was all because of another dream that happened. Now, don't think that actually Joseph ended up in jail just for like a few days. Joseph was in jail for at least two years, okay? And he was in jail for two years through no fault of his own. Yeah, he was there, he was put in there for no fault of his own. And see, when I read the story of Joseph, I don't hear anything where Joseph says, this is a bit rubbish, or I'm going to kill somebody, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I don't hear any emotion, I don't hear anything from Joseph. And that tells me that Joseph is just listening. He is sensitive to what is going on in his life. And I recommend the exact same for you, for your life, and for me, for my life. When God is speaking... When God is speaking, he shows the way. Yeah. Yeah? When God doesn't speak, is there an exam going on? Is there a test going on? Because it does say in the Bible that, that God doesn't test us, but he will use situations to challenge us. He'll use situations to cause us to go from one place to another. So the next dream that he's asked to interpret, when the, when the butler remembers him after two years, and he's in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, tell me, the meaning of my dream and if you imagine if we can go to Genesis 41 please Genesis 41 and it's beg your pardon I know Genesis 41 verse 1 to 7 and it says then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said my father and my brothers their flocks and their herds and all their and all they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among their brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to the brothers, What is your occupation? That's the wrong one. It's 41, not 47. Beg your pardon. There we go, 41. Then it came to pass at the end of two years that Pharaoh had a dream and behold he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows looking fine and fat and they fed in the meadow. Then behold seven other cows came afterwards, came after them out of the river ugly and gaunt and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads blighted by the east wind sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Again, this is setting Joseph up for what he is called to do. You know, for for two years he was in that prison and he was not able to do a single thing, I'm sure. 
And the one thing that I love about God, God is a revealer of mysteries. So when he wants to say something, he will use someone, for example, Joseph, to interpret the dream. And Joseph basically did that, you know. It says that um, that, that um, the seven fat cows were, were they ate the seven, um, sorry, the seven lean cows ate the seven fat cows was a sign that there would be a, a, a feast for seven years and then there would be a famine for seven years. And see, when I look at the numbers involved here, because I love maths, I don't know about you, okay, but when I look at the numbers, it says, it says in one of the verses, verse 34, the plan was to set aside a fifth of the harvest, right? So for every single year, a fifth of the harvest was taken, right? Now, if I do my maths and I go a fifth for seven years, that isn't even enough food to, to take care of two years of, 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 um, of living, so I'm looking at that going, God, how are you going to multiply this? God, how are you going to use that to, to sustain the people? Because, you know, that, that just isn't enough. It's just not logically enough. But I love the fact that God, he makes a way. And he has used that to catch and to feed his people. It says in verse 40 as well. It says, once, um, once Joseph had interpreted the dream that he was then set in charge to make that dream become a reality and to to sustain the people and put the plan in place. You know, whenever God reveals something, there is some work that needs to happen afterwards. You know, God just doesn't give a dream for, like, for no reason. He gives a dream and then there's something to happen afterwards. And because of Joseph and his relationship with God, he was one who was able to implement the plan cause the nation to be saved and actually cause all countries to be saved because when I read my Bible it says in verse 57 and we won't, um, we won't kind of go there but it says so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the lands you know you think about Joseph now he's looking at it going hey I was over here I was in my father's house I was put in a pit and then after that, I was then sold and I was then basically sent to jail to interpret for someone who then put me before Pharaoh, who then developed the plan and said, hey, this is how we're going to save a nation and actually save the world. Now Joseph is going, hey, hey, look, I'm number two. But again, you don't hear that. You don't see what God, what, what, what he is saying or even thinking at that time. So Joseph had a way to interpret it interpret what God was saying so when was the last time that God said something to you when was the last time that God said this is the way that you're going to go for your life when was the last time that 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 God revealed to you by dream or by vision that that this is going to happen because you know for for me when I think about this this is this is now the rubber hitting the road this is like God how are you setting up our lives how are you preparing us for what is to come next because God he wants to speak to us he wants to be in relationship with us he wants to show us things and he wants us to be sensitive to what he's saying and I want to say that God he speaks God he declares things God he makes a way even when things seem impossible you know for people who who have had sciatic nerves you know I've seen people's sciatic nerves um, touched healed and restored We've, we've seen people who have not been able to have babies been actually um, a year later 
been able to give birth. We've seen people who have had damaged ears. Um, we were over in America one time, and there was someone with a damaged ear, and their ear was, it was supernaturally restored. I want to say tonight that God is in the business of affecting our lives. He is in the business of healing. He is in the business of absolutely restoring our lives, not just making things look as though they're, they're nice. He is in the business of restoring even better than what was there before. And that, that just puts me in a place where I'm just so appreciative that God has got my back. I say that so many times to Ruth. I say, Ruth, God has got our back. God has got us because he knows exactly the things that are coming up next. And do you know, when God reveals things, we have to be sensitive to what he is saying. He really does. So Joseph never complained about anything. I don't read anything about attitudes. I don't read anything about emotions. But Joseph, he was on the adventure of his life because now he was in the position to bless the entire world. Now he was in a position to actually see some brothers who were afar off and needing um, some food. He was in a position to then cause some things to happen that actually by the end of it, he was there and he positioned his brothers around a table in age order. And when he left the room, all the brothers went, have you just seen what I've done? Have you just seen what he's done? He's positioned us without even knowing He wasn't meant to know who they were. Joseph caused all of that to happen because he is one who who wanted to capture his family's heart again. He is one who wanted to capture, capture his father's heart. And when the father said, we need to get some um, grain and crops, the brothers, they did as exactly as um, the the father had said. You know, there's nothing that, that, that God cannot do for your life. There is nothing when God gives direction and he says, Brian, this is the way. Or Dusan, this is the way. Or Adam, this is the way. There are things that God is setting you up for. And all we need to do is be sensitive to know, actually, God, you're just moving me from place to place. Not just like a a chess piece, but God, you're, you're drawing the best out of me. God, you're making me to be a person that you want me to be. Not a person that I'm called and not a person that I want to be, but you're drawing the best out of me. Because who would have thought that you'd have been in this place for such a time as this? Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that we would have the leaders in place who are supporting all these different areas? Who would have thought it? Who's to say what God is going to do next? And that's the adventure that we are on. We are on an adventure of our lifetimes because we get one opportunity. You know, one of the one of the favourite questions that I hear people say to to their friends um, when they're speaking to them about um, what's going to happen when they die and all of that. Um, you know, it's quite a it's quite a, a morbid kind of start to a conversation. You know, but actually, sometimes when the rubber hits the road and we know that our friends and our families don't know Jesus Christ, but yet He wants to know them, maybe we just need to take that that little bit of a step, that little bit of an uncomfortable position. God, what are you saying to our friends? And God, what are you saying to our families? Because in the same way as Joseph, he was taken from a pit and eventually positioned to a place of authority um, over, over the entire uh, nation of Egypt and, and caused restoration to the entire world that they would not die. God has got a plan for you. God has got a purpose for you. And... Um, you know, just in finishing, 
When I read 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. There's a grace for you. There is a grace for your life. You know, there's a grace for when you take the kids to the school. There's a grace for when you're at work and you're doing the things that you're called to do. There's a grace when you're at university. There's a grace when you're driving down the road because do you know what? Every single time that you would pass through areas of uncertainty, God's already gone before you. And the fact that you have the God of grace living on the inside of you means that actually you're already set up. You maybe just feel, God, what's going on? But you are actually set up. You are well positioned. You know, it's like a four-seated, it's like a four-seated chair. If you think about a four-seated chair, a four-leg chair, beg your pardon, you actually don't need four legs to be able to sit there. To be able to sit there safely, you actually only need three. So there's an over-design in that. Do you know what? There's an over-design in us. Why? Because we've got the Spirit of God living inside of us. We've got the we've got God who cares about your life. He's got. A, We've got a God who cares about your family's life. We've got a God who knows the very days that you were born. He knows how long you're going to live. God has got a great plan. You know, Gabby, how long are you going to be in Aberdeen for? I know you're going to be in Aberdeen for another week. One more week. Yeah, but then what's next? God, what are you saying to me about what's next for my life? I want to say to you over every single person in this place and who is hearing, dreams and visions are what we need to ask God for. Dreams and visions are the things that are going to catapult us through to our next phase. And I want to recommend to you, don't hang around people who will steal your dreams. Don't hang, don't hang about people who will try and restrict you, who will try and stop you from doing the thing that you love to do, the thing that you're called to do. Because I want to tell you, God is higher he is above all things and it means that when you go back to wherever you need to go back to or when you're stepping out into an area that you haven't ever stepped out before do you know what you're already set up because the living god is living on the inside of you thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com god bless